0: Oh, baby, I'm excited about this one. It's Pop Culture Thursday. We're going to do a total pop culture flyover. We're going to talk about a little auto, but a lot of pop culture, and we're going to have a whole lot of fun.
1: I don't be. Think we're they start like, Would you say it's, it's no a whole
0: new thing when for us? It, it is. I don't know why, but this morning it was like. If you don't know, like this show is developed every morning. I mean, you probably, if you listen long enough, know because. The, the stuff is real time. But this morning, yep. it was just like, we're going to, we're going to like, we feel like we need to catch up on pop culture and catch everybody in this industry up on pop culture, because we know that this is what's in the consumer's mind when they're shopping for a car, when they're walking in your showroom. So it is relevant. So if you think it's not relevant, um, we humbly suggest that you're incorrect.
1: <laughs> just yes, hum- exactly.
0: humbly suggesting uh, <laughs> a couple of announcements today. We've been talking about it all week, but um, first I want to just say, congratulations to the Asotu community because we together have reached over 1 million impressions on social media so far this year so far 1 million impressions and and might I add we are ramping up if you look at the curve like we might actually hit like 2 million by the end of the year we might Let's go. We might, but that's our first million. So the first million is the hardest. That's what they always say. Uh, we have a lot of great content uh, coming out for you right now. We haven't talked about this, but a Sotocon sessions, a Sotocon sessions, searching on your favorite podcast platform. We're also streaming them online. Uh, video versions are available. These are the 10 to 15 minutes conversations we had live at a Sotocon in a little podcast booth aside, effective. Our friends there helped us put this whole thing together. So actually it's a Sotocon sessions by effective because they help make the whole thing happen um we have a few release we're going to be releasing i think it is three a week
1: yeah is that what three is? a week through like early november yeah we got, we, we
0: got some stuff uh the jim mckelvey uh one just dropped where you and i sat down with jim a little candid conversation they're so much fun i can't wait to listen that to them because i only hosted a few of them Kyle, you hosted a few, Michael Cirillo hosted some, Glenn Lundy hosted some, Alana Shabte hosted some, so uh, you're going to get a real variety show, Uh, we also have auto collabs episodes dropping as well on the podcast front, Kyle and I are going to NAMAD next week, so if you're going to NAMAD, we can't wait to to give you some dabs in person, and also we're going to be at the Creative Track uh, at Modern Retail Conference, and you can join us for the Creative Track, because we're two of the five instructors, Uh, you can go to asoto.com forward slash MRC. That
1: does it for the housekeeping.
0: What are we talking about today? It's Pop Culture Thursday. What are we talking Speaking
1: about? Speaking of big announcements, Let's go! Stop. A lot of time! <laughs> just play all the music, Paul. Play all, all the I'm music. I'm excited.
0: I'm excited on Pop Culture <laughs> Thursday. I'm just hitting all the buttons on the Roadcaster today.
1: There you go. Well, uh, a much talked about event in the world of automotive happened uh, a little bit earlier today before most of us woke up. Some of us were awake when it happened. Uh, But over in Europe, the Porsche IPO has happened and topped initial expectations. Uh, The initially proposed range was like somewhere in the $75 to $80 uh, per share. And it settled in right at about $79.93 per share. (laughs) It was a rollback. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The list price Brought in over $9.1 billion, B-b-billion. making it Europe's largest IPO in a decade a car for a company. spin-off automaker. Dude, a it's car company the, be in the this, top one. Come on. Yeah, just the initial valuation puts the valuation close to the total market cap of VW Group, which it was spun off of, which owns VW, Audi, and a few other smaller brands. Um, so the goal is to take these funds, the 9.1 billion, and move them into an electrification plan for Porsche um, and and move all of the loyalty that they have over into to, into that new market, which I think a lot of manufacturers are starting to struggle with. And I think this type of move um, for that group is a really smart move because it like segments and says, we're going after it, come on with us. Well, here's why this applies to Pop Culture Thursday. The reason is the
0: valuation was so high because the retail um appetite was so high because of the community that has been built around the Porsche brand and vehicles for so long. This isn't just because it's an amazing car or everybody wants to get into the automotive industry. This is because retail appetite retail investors they want to yep. own a piece of the brand they want to own a piece of the legacy sure there's a great business model behind it too but this is an i think this is one of the few um instances where we see the weighing machine as far as like the business practices the actual product the manufacturing that's in place and the voting machine which is just consumer appetite to like be a part of something has come together and i think it's a really solid ipo um i personally not investment advice but i think it's going to stand strong
1: yeah and also this is the other pop culture thing when you lean into pop culture you can lean into the voting machine a lot more take a look at tesla Boom! Boom. truth truth vw group ceo speaking of a culture gosh he's just going on time one of the most iconic cultures and communities in, uh, in like the world is the Harley-Davidson community, and they have recently also spun off an electric division. Their electric motorcycle division uh, has been spun off in a SPAC deal, creating the first publicly traded electric motorcycle company in the U.S., not quite as much cash. <laughs> yeah, a little bit All right. less, but still. Let's a little not bit less, but $1. $1.77 billion in cash. And Harley Davidson still retains 74% ownership in the brand. So they only sold off about 26% of it. Um, and, uh, and so the, 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 if you've been following the story, live wire is the brand that they've, that they've put the electric motorcycle division under, uh, and, and their starting prices of their, their motorcycles are still under 20 grand. So yeah, that's uh, kind which, of a, a, an interesting community
0: move. Well, if you're a motorcyclist, you understand that Seventeen thousand dollars is still an expensive motorcycle. Right? Sure, sure. It's still yeah. an expensive bike. Um, we when we were talking with Rick Reichert, so uh, Reichert, they have a Harley dealership, and Rick has been you know one of the first to, to like ride the bikes, and you know he's telling us about like the experience of you know the throttle sound it makes and the seat vibration. Like it sounds like a pretty visceral experience. Um, you know, so we'll see what happens with Livewire. But uh, I even was checking out the site this morning, and we linked it up in the show notes kind of like the the energy around it is really reaching after this new demographic you see those e-bikes that are kind of like getting closer to motorcycles like those super 73 e-bikes and now you see livewire kind of courting that demographic um, as far as like yep. transportation um, culture and because the motorcycling you know industry is getting a little older like the data will show you that so I think the EV bikes is going to bring more motorcycling into pop culture and I ha- I you know I'm, I've been a Honda guy. Um, and I have two Honda motorcycles model, really old one like me, 1979 and uh, a newer one that runs all the time. And <laughs> I, I did, I did actually go through the little trade tool on the side. I'm like, how much is that worth? All because right, this e-bike right. looks pretty cool. You can get like a hundred and I don't know. It's like 175 miles of range, which is really good on a motorcycle. And it takes about 75 minutes to uh, charge it. So it's not too bad.
1: Well, I, I, I have a really. I, I'm guessing that Harley Davidson is going to do a really good job at curating and like a whole new community. They 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 do such. A, you look at like a Harley Davidson shop. I mean, the Harley Davidson shop that the dealership that I used to work for near us, every Saturday during the spring, summer, and early fall had a concert outside. Yeah. Right. does, too. There's a stage. dogs. Yeah. It's so they they just know how to build brand and build community. It's it's Ooh, not There's that word again, Kyle.
0: Boom, There's there that word it.
1: again. Speaking of community, I'm they're going to find
0: time. that. Yeah. Sorry, we're, we we made a decision. We're rolling. We made a decision today. With this many stories, we have to keep it rolling. Uh, speaking <laughs> of uh, community, Tesla's annual AI Day is tomorrow, where the likely star will be the company's optimist, optimist humanoid robot. Tesla revealed Ooh, the project last year. Look at the picture of that thing. Oh, that's that's wild. Slick. And last year they had the one, it was just somebody in a suit, but it danced. It was really funny. Uh, Tesla revealed the project last year is promising to show off an actual working prototype this year um, that's intended to replace humans in dangerous or repetitive or boring tasks. Um, they can lift, um, it's a 125 pound robot, battery powered, um, and it's got 40 actuators, 12 of which are just in the hands to make it uh, human level. I think on their website, they have a picture of the robot, like doing the little heart and um, you know, so it can lift up to 150 pounds. The robot, and you know, people were like, "Oh, are humanoids like scary? Are they?" In-? And you know, in in kind of typical fashion, Tesla's like, "Well, if you can run more than five miles an hour, you'll be safe." <laughs> <laughs> and and basically, they said like a like a like a five year old could push it over, right? I don't know. Yeah. I don't I don't
1: know about all that. It's 125 pounds. Oh, robot. I'm sure because it doesn't have the ability to like transfer weight. You know, no, like you think about that, like put a 125 pound stick straight up in the air and yeah, tell it it no, can't transfer but weight. It'll be able to balance. Anything can push it over. No, yeah. it won't. There's no way. How do how can you create the intelligence to balance itself? Oh man, it's easy. You got to see, you got to go, go search Boston Dynamics
0: and look at their robotics. And you literally will see you see, see people up. like yeah. full head linebacker charging into these things, and they like stabilize and they look at you, and the eyes turn red. You know, um, that all that doesn't happen. <laughs> uh, well, tessable yeah, This one doesn't look like that football. <laughs> no, player, it doesn't though. even I'm have a face. There's yeah. no face. <laughs> uh tesla's also going to be talking about their updates to its full self-driving capabilities the beta has been out a lot of people have testing it you've been seeing things on social media some people um saying good things some people saying hey it's not quite working right um so it'll be interesting to see how all these things kind of come together in this uh in this like kind of tesla ecosystem but if you're interested you can watch the whole thing live streamed from their youtube page as usual Paul, speaking (laughs) of new
1: ecosystems, (laughs) okay. Sigway. I was waiting to see what you had there. Yeah, I had it. Okay, okay, okay. So, Retail Wire has recently reported that Walmart. You know, the one that you expected <laughs> has moved into the metaverse. Uh, the retail giant has launched two immersive this. experiences on what's called the Roblox gaming, Roblox gaming platform. If you have kids, you know what we're talking about. Yeah, do, uh, Walmart Land and Walmart's universe of play are the retailer's first attempts to connect visitors with virtual ma- merch. Okay, they're calling it Virch which sounds very Walmart ish (laughs) to me (laughs) that have real life matches on Walmart.com and in the chain store. So they're going, Hey, look, the Verge is over here, but also we've matched that in a a physical presence. Um, I, well, well, one, I mean, we just saw the video of it. Like it's a really cool experience. It it, it feels, it feels very fun, very energetic. It doesn't honestly, like when I think of Walmart, I think kind of like walking into a very stale, very sterile environment of like shelves and you get things and they go check out and then you get out. There's no like, well, like, the, there is about an like
0: experience, a, but it's a, not typically one I want
1: to repeat. You know what I mean? It's normally because of the people, not the products, that right? Is, <laughs>
0: it's
1: a bit of I a thing. Like that People at Walmart thing. Hey, we're going to, yeah. what? <laughs> There's a new YouTube channel that pops up, People of the Walmart Metaverse. People of Walmart, I'm yeah. sure that's coming.
0: No, I mean, there, here's Great. the like. So the CMO, William White, said, we know our customers are spending loads of time there, so we're focusing on creative, new, and innovative experience to excite them. Something we're already trying to do in communities where they live, and now the virtual worlds where they play. So here's the cool thing. Um, no real money will be changing hands, but users can earn coins that get them like kind of representations of actually like toys and like clothing items. They can try stuff on. There's a dance challenge. Um, they can engage in a stranger things trivia with, with one of the actual, it's the, the kid who plays Dustin. I think in stranger things. I don't remember his name. And there's, this is my favorite part. This is brilliant. There's an overhead blimp that randomly will show up and drop toys that you can run around and collect. Like I am a party. All I couldn't be more impressed with Walmart's swing on this. Because my kids have played right. Roblox, Roblox for years. Like Miles, who now is taller than me and one of our editors here at Asodu he played Roblox in the very, very beginning when it was like had just come out. And so my kids are always on it and they're always doing things. Walmart's found a way to build community and brand affinity through a fun game in an environment where the young folks are, are already enjoying themselves. I, I'm, I'm so excited to see Walmart coming out With a swing, because I would have thought like this would be something
1: that Amazon would have done first, but Amazon's their demographic is perfect for it because, like, you think about like early, like college age, early 20s, people that need like bargain items, like transferring that that mentality, and even so many people that like grew up on Roblox in that Gen Y's, Gen Z, Gen A arena, right? Like they know what that experience moves people. They know that they can transfer the experience in the metaverse to a physical retail location pretty quickly if there's brand recognition. Wait till they so figure out I'm the next impressed.
0: step. Wait till they make, figure out the next step between earning things in the game and actually transferring that into tangible real items at the store. Like Walmart. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I don't know, man. They've yeah, just been they've been impressing idea. me lately. Like. When, it, when an old dog finds some new tricks, I get really excited. Yep. I get really excited. Yep. Um, speaking of. No. Yeah. There's, there's no real easy way to put this. So I'm just going to say stop. Stop. <laughs> We're just going to do the stop. <laughs> right? Whenever we say say what time. NFT trading. We've talked about NFTs a long time um, on the show, and we've actually now seen the full rise and maybe collapse. Well, it's definitely a collapse of the market. NFT trading volume is way down year over year. Bloomberg first reported on data hosted by Dune Analytics that showed trading volume has gone from 17 billion. We're using the billion word a lot today. 17 billion to just 466 million between January and September of this year, that's a 97% wow. drop in just nine months. And the data was all collected from, you know, the major trading platforms like Open OpenSea, NFTX, uh, Larva Labs, et cetera. And so this actually puts trading below of what it was June last year before the spike
1: actually happened. I, it was I just remember like December, January, February, even on this show talking last year, like this isn't going away. Everyone's moving there. The metaverse is coming, like even just to see, you know, Facebook change their name to meta. and, you know, I know that nfts aren't Metaverse, but it's all web three and it's a building transactional communities piece of the metaverse. It's, for sure. it's it's all of that. And so, you know, it's it's just honestly shocking to see the dynamic change in what it has done. Now, here's what's interesting is is that NFTs such as the Board Ape Yacht Club are still retaining their value. So like even the, though mega the names. volume of trading, right? So so any of those like mega names, the big ones that kind of like had staying power before, during, and after so far they still ha- hold their value so it's like people are holding them uh, or when they do get traded they get they they still trade at that higher value mm-hmm. um, so i think there's still a case for like hey if you create a, a bold enough community that that is leaned in based on this item and access then you still have the opportunity to retain value even though trading volume goes down now that doesn't help the originator of the nft um, but I think it still has a proof case for like the staying value, like the staying power yeah, of the same. NFTs. It
0: literally is. The, if there's a common thread of pop culture Thursday, it is the principle and concept of community, right? The NFTs yep. that built legitimate community, not just like the artist that said, hey, I'm going to turn my art into an NFT and sell it for a lot of money. Right. Yep. Gar- Gary Vaynerchuk, Gary V, he would be like, hey, they're they're in really dangerous territory if they're not treating that NFT with some community benefits or some functional utility over time because he said you know you're going to sell this thing to a lot of, for a lot of money and people are going to buy it and then when the market does crash and it will he predicted it he said your fans are going to be left holding the bag. What do you think that's going to do for their perception of you?
1: Right? And and that's an ouch.
0: And so that's actually happening now in real time. Companies like, you know, like Starbucks and and people who are trying to ride the craze and say, hey, get the Starbucks NFT. They're actually rebranding those a little bit now as digital collectibles, (laughs) Ah, which is, I don't know why someone didn't just call it that from the beginning.
1: Right? That's basically what they are. Now,
0: now that we're looking to dodge and disassociate, we come up with a really great word. But we yes. were like tripping over ourselves to just explain an NFT earlier. It's a digital collectible. So um, yeah, it'll I mean we'll certainly see I think a rise and a fall, and I think you'll see the strong projects that build community staying true through this, maintaining their thing and leaning in and investing into the people, the mindsets, um, and the brands that. That are around these big ones, and I think those are gonna survive, and we'll see another upswing. But I mean, this is this is a great purge. Um, you know, and it's a little tricky. Speaking of things that are tricky.
1: Oh, 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 I see you. This is you a funny one. snuck that in there. This the is a fun end. one. This like, is a fun it, one. <laughs> yeah.
0: Trick shot, trick shot comedy quintet, dude perfect. Revealed their plans yesterday for a $100 million headquarters complex, entertainment complex. These gents, they were college roommates. They released their first trick shot video on a dare. Now they have over 58 million subscribers and 15 billion views. Their entertainment is very family oriented. It's a lot of fun. I yeah. was like, why do I like this? Do I like it because it's it's trick shots uh, because they're just good guys? Do I like it because my whole family can watch it together? Do
1: I like the it? answer? is Yes. I'm an entrepreneur. Yeah. Right. I'm a creator. Yeah.
0: <laughs> there are a lot of reasons it's, it's, to like
1: it. It. it's all of the above. Right. Yeah, it really is. It's uh, you know, I uh, look. Yeah. Throw I mean, that headquarters video all, back up. Kyle, give them the specs on if, the headquarters. If, if, if you haven't watched if you're listening only go search this because it's a three story headquarters building. It has a 330 foot, just trick shot tower. That's just, that's (laughs) it. They've got a dude, perfect museum, mini golf, a merch store, restaurants, and two whole acres of outdoor space, which if I had to guess, they're going to utilize quite creatively. Um, and, and, uh, and yeah, it's going to be, um, a really, I mean, people are going to be able to interact with the space too. So, um, you know, they they have said like, hey, they're going to try, they're handed an impossible shot. Um, They're going to be able to see the whole city, right? There's this, there's this sweeping structure. Um, There's, it's, it's like, they call it a, a focal beacon of the whole dude perfect. So like we talk about putting up a beacon. It's like, hey, here's the center of this kind of community. And it looks, feels, and interacts like all of the rest of our content. It's Pure brand play, you pure know, community play.
0: Uh, uh, earlier in the year, we had a, a, an event in Dallas and I took my family down and we went to the Magnolia Silos, right? Mm, and if you yeah, know yeah. about that, that was kind of the kind of culmination of our love of you know the Magnolia Network and Chip and Joanna and kind of how our family likes. And when we went there, it was like you were with all the other people that also thought that these things are
1: awesome. That home is awesome. Like you could give a nod fact, to anyone and kind of know, like, yeah, we're in the same Yeah, like zone. we're having the yeah. same
0: experience. And what it really codified the whole brand experience into a you realize, hey, here is the rest of the community that they do exist. They're one place. I think this is gonna do the same exact thing for the dude perfect uh ecosystem. It's fun to see him getting into real estate because it's a great way to build wealth over time because they're just good yep. guys. And um, look. I think it just ties back to what we've been talking about in every single story today. It wasn't intentional, but it's just the nature of, of culture. Culture is based on community. So I think as we in the retail automotive industry, whether that is as a dealer or an industry partner, like remembering that people are hardwired to seek community, to find the others that think the same way you do, that believe the same things that you, see, you believe And then move closer together and do something together. So um, there you go. That's our very first pop culture Thursday. And Paul used the word codify. I did. (laughs) I did use the word codify. So go out there, think about community, and go, go build some. Go build some community.